Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Inas Kosana. Thanks for joining us. Today, we remember George Bezos, the recently departed South African human rights lawyer and advocate who campaigned against apartheid. George Bezos was also Nelson Mandela's lawyer during the infamous Rivonia trial. Remembering him is Kylie Thomas, a research fellow at the NIOD Institute for War, Holocaust and Genocide Studies in the Netherlands. I'm grieving the death of George Bezos as if he was my relative. Although I never met him, I've carried his book, No One to Blame, in pursuit of justice in South Africa, around the world with me like a Bible. It's one of the few possessions I have from home, a book that I bought years ago and that I returned to over and over. Since coronavirus began, I've been working from the apartment where I live now in Amsterdam, and I left my copy of the book on my desk in my shared office at the Netherlands Institute for War, Holocaust and Genocide Studies as a way to keep my place there, something to remind me of my purpose here when I return, something like a talisman that brings the spirit of resistance from South Africa across the sea. Why is this book so important to you? What makes it special? The book is a record of Bezos' involvement in many of the key cases that took place under apartheid to investigate the deaths of activists who died at the hands of the security police. In each instance, at that time, no one was found to blame for their deaths. The book is a condemnation of torture and impunity, and it also serves as a reminder of all that remains unresolved in the present and how the struggle for justice is still going on. George Bezos was not only influential in representing Nelson Mandela at the Rivonia trial. Can you tell us some of the other important work he's done? Bezos, together with other notable legal figures, um, such as Arthur Chaskelson, represented many of the families of courageous activists who stood up against apartheid and who were murdered by the security police. In No One to Blame, he focuses on his involvement in the inquests into the deaths of Ahmed Timmel, Steve Biko, Neil Agat, Simon Dawe, and the Craddock Four. At the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, Bezos represented the Biko family and the family of Chris Harney and Ruth First, and among many others, and opposed the amnesty applications of their murderers. He played a key role in setting up the Legal Resources Centre in the conceptualization and writing of the Constitution, and in bringing about the abolition of the death penalty in South Africa. George Bezos had a very interesting upbringing that's not often spoken about. Can you give us some insight on that? Bezos was born in Vasilitsi in the south of Greece in 1927. His father had been the mayor of the town, and in 1941, when Bezos was just 13 years old, there were seven Allied soldiers from New Zealand who were being sheltered there. And the family feared that the Germans would take reprisals against his father and wanting to assist the stranded soldiers, they decided that they should leave for Crete. And George went along with his father, but his mother and the rest of his family remained behind. And in fact, the family were only reunited in the 1950s. As their boat left the harbour, they saw German planes flying overhead. And um, then they spent three days at sea, but they, then they were picked up by a British warship and they learned that the German planes had been heading for Crete and that it would soon be occupied by the Nazis. So Bezos and his father were taken to Egypt, where they remained for two months, and then they were sent on to South Africa. 
And that's how Bezos came to the country. He, he started in school in South Africa, but he left school after being teased because he was unable to speak English or Afrikaans. And he went to work in a shop. A little while later, he returned to school. And then when he was a bit older, he moved on to Athlone Boys High School where many of the pupils were Jewish. And he writes um, in his book that he was considered a sort of hero in that school because he was uh, seen as a refugee from the Nazis. What legacy do you think he leaves behind? Bezos was first and foremost a brilliant advocate, but he's an inspiration not only to people who work in the field of law, but to all those whose lives he affected. And that is in fact everyone in South Africa, whether they know it or not, as his contribution to the struggle for truth, freedom and justice has been immense. Bezos was involved in the first inquest into the death of Ahmed Timmel in 1972 when the court ruled that Timmel had committed suicide by throwing himself out of the window of the notorious John Foster Square police station. And he formed part of the team when the inquest was reopened in 2017 and the court overturned the earlier ruling and found that Timol had been murdered by the security police. This is part of his legacy, and it is only through the tireless work of Bezos and others who have worked alongside him that the impunity that has reigned for so long in South Africa can be brought to an end. George Bezos was an influential figure who touched many lives. He will surely be missed, but he leaves behind an important legacy. In an interview, that he gave to accompany the portrait Adrian Stern made of him as part of the 21 Icons project. George Bezos said that he was often asked about whether he feels optimistic about the future of the country. And of course, for so many people in South Africa, it's been very hard to remain hopeful. But this is what George Bezos said. I was optimistic about the future in the 1950s, in the 1960s, in the 1970s, in the 1980s in the 1990s. How can I say I'm not optimistic now? The tenacious spirit of George Bezos and his determined belief that change is possible and that we can't give up on fighting for justice provides me with hope in dark times. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Pasha, produced by Ozea Patel. From me, Inas Kosana, goodbye for now.